The Dudes of Kung Fu podcast is brought to you by Wing Chun Illustrated Magazine. In celebration of their newly launched WCI newsstand platform, Wing Chun Illustrated is giving listeners of the Dudes of Kung Fu podcast a free one-month all-access subscription. Go to wcinewsstand.com and click the register button in the upper right corner. Use voucher code FREE4U. That's F-R-E-E, the number four, and the letter U, all caps. Don't forget to activate your account by clicking the link in the welcome message. The Dudes of Kung Fu love Wing Chun Illustrated Magazine. Dudes of Kung Fu. Please welcome your host, Alex Richter and Big Sean Madigan. And we're back. How are you, Alex? What's going on, brother? Uh, nothing much, man. It's good to see you as always. Uh, how you been? I'm doing well. Doing well, you know. Um, working hard and, and you know, I'm at home a lot with this lock-in thing. And um, But I'm working from home and I'm kind of enjoying working. I don't, I don't miss that commute, you know. Yes, for sure, for sure. The New York commute is no joke. Yeah, I mean, I know, like, Alex and I have something in common. We have Sixth Avenue in common. <laughs> that's right. He loves <laughs> Sixth right. Avenue because that's where his school is, and I loathe Sixth Avenue because <laughs> I have to drive down it every morning. <laughs> and, yeah, and driving. I mean, my, my my commute is a bit of a, a different uh, deal than yours. You got to drive in from Staten Island, and I take I take the the train from from Queens into. Uh, 42nd street it's like a 20 minute ride it's very leisurely i get reading done no stress <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah and like sixth avenue some mornings is just like thank god they won't let me have like a bazooka on the top of my car because <laughs> it would there would just be explosions going up the avenue you know speaking speaking of bazooka you know you know the new iphone like 11 or whatever the new iphone is which has like the three or four cameras on the back i don't know if you saw it i've seen it yeah yeah they have this amazing iphone case for that one which is arnold schwarzenegger from commando where he's holding that bazooka which is just so great that's amazing I, i love how creative people can be with stuff like that i think it's so so brilliant yeah, well, you know, it's, I, I think you know, I think one of the things is martial artists. I think all of us create crave to be creative. I think I think martial artists. I think um, it's too often wrapped around the idea of violence, yeah. and not not wrapped around the idea of the art form. And right. that I think I think a lot I think a lot more should be said for martial artists being artists. Then uh, it's just it's just a different type of art. For sure, you know, because sure. there's 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 an there's an art to uh, to what we do, you know, and I mean when you look at Mike Tyson, who I mean quite frankly is you know dumb as rocks, right? He couldn't spell yeah. the words martial or artist, but what he does is art, you know. Right. His his movements is, is art. I I saw a video recently where I I believe the video is relatively new, and. Um, he was showing some guys how to move. He looked like he was still moving smooth. Oh like yeah, he, for sure. You know, it's like he 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 looked like he was moving smooth, and he had that beautiful body sway and generating power and just oh man, everything was just like 
on on point, you know. And you're just saying, I'm looking at that. And I'm saying, to this day, could he could he take out half the guys in in, in, in that are boxers? Like, could he take a could, could I, I mean, I don't know. It's like because you're not gonna hurt him. Right. You're not gonna hurt him. You could hit him with baseball bats. You're not gonna hurt him. So it's like. Like, you know, you, I know there's this whole mystique when it comes to our aging athletes, you know. Everybody thinks, like, oh, Wayne Gretzky can still get him on the NHL, and he can't, you know. Right, right, right. But, you know, like Tyson, I look at that video, and I say, man, I, I guys just don't move like that anymore. You don't see that. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, yeah, I know what you mean. It's like a video where he's, I don't know, like at a restaurant or a bar, and he's just, like, very casually showing exactly someone how to move right. his head and slip and punch, and you just see the speed, and you go, like, oh, yeah, uh, I, I, he's definitely, you know, definitely ex- still extremely dangerous and definitely right. somebody you don't want to mess with. Right, like, you know, and, and, as, and as guys, we sit there and we look, we look at it and the first thing that pops in your head is like, man, I wouldn't want to get hit with that shit. It's just like, you know, you, know, right. you just don't want to get hit with that shit. And, you know, his style of movement is always, it's, I've always been intrigued by it. The, the, that whole uh, custom auto, you know, Peekaboo, yeah, peekaboo Bob style, and we. Right? Yeah. That I, I've always been intrigued by it. It's, it's, it's um, the way he can move his head back and forth and, and and really gnarl down on a person, really stalk them, and just take control of a ring. He used to be able to cut off a ring with like this kind of uh, ring generalship. I don't know the right if that's the right word for it, but yes, where he can he can cut off angles. Without touching you, you know. I, I really recently recently had this conversation with a buddy of mine in regards to JKD, how we try and stalk with our footwork and cut off angles, and I and I should have made the connection to him in 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 in, in looking at boxers or or MMA guys that do it, you know, professionally with with sports athletics, the way they can without actually hitting a guy, still with body lean and sway and movement control an angle control and, and manipulate a person like say into a corner right you know just a, like stalking type footwork and and I've, I've always been intrigued by that I, I, I maybe it's because I'm, I'm more of a maybe because of my size and you know I've never been a big footwork guy because I don't have the the dexterity and that a lot of the younger lighter guys would have I've always been more of a stalker type power hitter you know like um, definitely a stalker for sure yeah well listen if you keep on posting pictures of you without a shirt of course I'm going to be a stalker (laughs) oh you saw that one (laughs) (laughs) that one Alex bro (laughs) the most recent though because I've been I've been working out like a maniac lately I posted oh yes I did see yes yes I did see that yes I did see that yes I did see that you psycho but uh (laughs) Yeah, hey, you know, I've tell, always. Yeah, I'll, I'll be, I, I didn't mean to cut you off, but I want to. I, yeah. Before I forget, I want to tell you a Mike Tyson story that I heard firsthand from someone, which <laughs> oh, is sure. kind of insane. And uh, I, I don't think I, I might have said it on the podcast. At this point, who the hell knows how many stories we've told or mm-hmm. not told? But um, I'll just put it to you this way: so uh, Tyson was in a movie with Jean Claude Van Damme a few years ago called a it's a kind of a unofficial sequel to the kickboxer like uh, van damme did two of them like kickboxer vengeance and kickboxer retaliation and they're kind of like loose sequels to the original kickboxer he did back in the day so um i happen to know 
uh, some people who are involved in the, the production of that film. And uh, Van Damme and Tyson had a fight scene in the most recent one. And I think you could still find it on either Netflix or Amazon Prime. I think it's Kickboxer Retaliation. And there's a scene where they're like in a jail in Thailand and Tyson and Van Damme have a fight scene. And apparently while they were filming this fight scene, Van Damme accidentally kicked Tyson like in the head or in oh the chops or, or, or he punched him or something. And Tyson, Tyson got angry because he, he felt it was just kind of a blatant lack of control or something like that. Right. Right. And so, and I guess because Tyson had already made martial art movies, remember uh, by this point he had already done Yip Man Three with Donnie Yen, so he's already worked with like high level Hong Kong, uh, pro- like martial arts production teams, right? So he knows sure. that no matter how good those guys make it look, they're usually pretty safe. I mean, of course, sometimes people get hit or yeah. they get hurt during stunts, but the fighting is done. You know, no one is like really punching each other in the face full power, and so. Uh, Tyson got really angry with Van Damme and kind of like got in his face and uh, the production team had to come and basically kind of separate everyone and uh, Tyson was so salty about the whole thing I guess he didn't want to he, he didn't want to continue filming with Van Damme so they had to shoot the rest of the fight scene using doubles so they had a double for Tyson and a double for Van Damme but the crazy part of the story is my buddy who is the one who told me this story was with Van Damme after it happened and Van Damme was like you know uh, I can't do the French Van Damme the yeah. Belgian Van Damme accent but he's like you know you know uh I don't understand why he gets so upset. It's an accident. These kind of things happen. And why does he have to get so aggressive? But, you know, if if he really wants to fight with me, I think this would be a very bad day for him. And then Van, <laughs> and then Van Damme proceeded to show my friend exactly how he would, quote, unquote, dismantle Mike Tyson had Mike Tyson attacked him and so and it was like crazy stuff like if he throws the hook he's gonna punch him in the bicep which is gonna take his arm out and then he's he's gonna do this and do that and do this and you're just like oh man that is uh that's definitely something right there when he told me the story I mean uh, Van Damme was like like was there telling him what he would have done so this is a like uh, as firsthand as it gets and uh, I was sitting there just going like, oh, my God, I can't believe, you know, it's one thing to be a movie star. It's one thing to be a martial arts movie star. It's another thing to buy into your hype. Now, undoubtedly, Van Damme is a legit martial artist. He had competed in karate in Belgium and, and you know, very skillful, obviously. But I, I, I'm always kind of blown away when people, they cross that valley where they're not in their lane anymore. And it's like. You do realize that Mike Tyson was one of the scariest heavyweight champions that boxing has ever known. And, you know, outside of Muhammad Ali, you have like your gold standards of because people always talk about in their prime who would beat who, you know. So you got like in their prime Tyson versus Ali, Tyson versus Sonny Liston, Tyson versus Foreman, like all that kind of stuff. Right. But. But when you talk about in their prime, it's like it's Ali, it's Tyson, it's Liston, um, you know, it's Frazier. He's one of those guys, you right, know. Right. And and, he, and I mean, I'm sure he's boxing. Class. Yeah, I'm sure boxing fans would also say, "Oh, you're forgetting Spinks and you're forgetting that." But what I'm talking about is the average person. 
would say like Ali, Foreman, Tyson. Like right. those are the quick names that come to mind, you know, before right. you have exactly to. Exactly right. Before wait. you have to think about it. Exactly. And for Van Dam to basically <clears throat> think that he's going to. I mean, it's one thing if he thought he could outbox or outkickbox Tyson, but think like he's going to take one of Tyson's left hooks and punch him in the bicep and like dismantle his arm. <laughs> I'm just right, like, I mean, it's, it's so ridiculous. That's, it's that's like, you know, crazy stuff. T- arguably, Mike Tyson is on the Mount Rushmore of boxing. Yes, you know, for sure. And, and it's, you know, but, you know, that, that kind of delusional outlook is kind of common with martial artists when it comes to talking about uh, combat athletics or right. combat athletes. They're, they're, you know, because I think... I'm trying not to take this too much of a tangent. I think one of the things one of the things that JKD and Wing Chun have in common is that they're both based on a kind of boxing system. And I, I look at I look at Wing Chun from my limited perspective of it as you know I it's to me it's a true form of Chinese boxing. I know that's a term thrown out for any kind of Chinese martial arts by a lot of people. But when I talk about boxing, I'm actually talking about boxing. And I look at Wing Chun in a lot of ways as Chinese boxing because it's it's so based on punching. You know, and I, I kind of like Wing Chun, as I know it, is almost like it's about the punch and everything else is when the punch doesn't work. But it's about right. punching a guy as, as many times as you possibly can from yes. different angles. And I, and I, and I look at and, and JKD is very similar. And I and so I have such a huge respect for combat athletics and combat athletes because I feel, for me, and I know this may not be popular with some of our listeners, that I feel for me, they represent the epitome of martial arts today because they are getting in and testing it against people that they don't know and that are going to hurt them if they do do something wrong. So whether it's MMA, whether it's uh, judo practitioners. Sambo, you know, these guys that are doing these combat athletics, you know, these um, submission grappling, these guys are really getting up there and, and, and testing their stuff under hard conditions. So when Absolutely. I so when I talk to martial artists and they and and, and they, they, they learn about my my admiration for combat athletics, sometimes they get a little bit upset. And I'm obsessed probably with too harsh word. They, they they don't like it. And yeah. so recently I um I uh was in, uh, on a phone call or actually a Skype call with a buddy of mine. And um we were talking about combat athletics and and I said that like, you know, one of everybody talks about boxing. Martial artists love to talk down about boxing, that it's got all these rules and they would do this and they would do that, but they can't stop most boxers. And he said, what do you mean? And I'm like, if you take the average, if you take the average boxer that trains in a boxing gym four nights a week versus the guy average in a martial arts school, the, the, the boxer is probably going to be better off in that he trains in a more realistic way. And I, and I said that, and it's not, it's not a knock, it's not a knock on martial on, on on martial arts saying that martial arts aren't good, I think it's a knock on how martial artists train. Right. And I said, let me ask you a question. If a boxer, uh, you know, not a pro boxer, but 
A guy who boxes, gets in a ring, boxes, comes at you with a, a hook to your head. What do you do? And without thinking, he said, Tan Sauda. And I said, oh, so you're going to die. Because it's just, that kind of thinking is just, in my head, ridiculous. You know, if you tell me a boxer's throwing a hook at your head, well, I'm sorry, he's not. If you've ever worked with a boxer, they're not that far away right. if they're throwing a hook. Their, their top of their head is probably two inches off your chin. Right. By the time you're not squeezing a tansau up there. So when you answer tansau da, it just means you've never actually worked with a boxer. You know, and and I and I think martial artists, if they're gonna if they're gonna wanna say that they're teaching someone real if their goal is to be the best fighter, they have to start adding in more combat athletics into their into their kung fu training. They don't have to change their kung fu, but they have to kind of maybe change the way that they're training their kung fu. Right. You know, it's it's one of the reasons I. You know, like I've been I've been up to your school, and I don't I don't remember. Before I say this, I'm I don't remember, but I'm gonna bet you got a heavy bag up there. I have a bunch of heavy bags. Thank you. See, I fucking yeah. knew it. Okay, <laughs> and like I don't remember, but like I knew it because to me, a kung fu school that doesn't have heavy bags is is just. There's something wrong with that. You know what right. I mean? There's right. something wrong with that. And, like, <clears throat> there should be heavy bags. You know, ideally, of you know, there should be a lot of equipment like that. You know, and um, I, th- I really wish kung fu people can keep their kung fu solid, but progress their training methodologies to be more in line with combat athletics because I really think the combination of the two if their goal is to be the best fighter they can be again right. I'm, with that with that is the stipulation if your goal to do kung fu is not that if your goal to do kung fu is just for the beauty of the art if your goal to do kung fu is to get out of the house a couple of nights a week and, and you know and socialize and that's all awesome I'm not knocking that at all in fact I think that's a beautiful thing but if your goal is to be the best fighter you can be well then you have to add some combat athletics to your kung fu and I, I love the fact that you say you got a bunch of heavy bags because that just solidifies the fact that your school is the best school in the fucking world <laughs> it's just like well yeah. no because it's the truth because it's, it's got I, I, I've said that since the first day I was up there that the, when I walked into your school it was kind of like this combination of old school kung fu and modern boxing gym right. and, and, and that's really where it's really where kung fu needs to be and for those of you sitting here and saying, oh, Sean's just blowing smoke up Alex's ass. Trust me, I have no problem insulting Alex 24-7. <laughs> as, as anyone who listens to our podcast regularly knows. Right. I mean, I could go 20 minutes on his haircut alone right now. But <laughs> but the fact, you know, the fact of the matter is, is there, there is a reason why his school is incredibly popular. You know, and um, I, I just that, that idea of combat... Kung Fu needs to modernize. They have to modernize their, their their training methodology. Does that mean do away with the long pole? Of course not. I'm not saying do away with the art, but modernize how you're training. 
Right. You know, that's it's just it's just very important. Yeah, absolutely. Um, speaking of modern, did you have a chance to see the uh, UFC with Joanna uh, and uh, Zhang Weilei, the that that fight? Okay, so I saw some of it. I I, I have not watched the whole fight. I I right. didn't order the fight that night. I know it's been people are saying it's 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 arguably one of the best MMA fights ever. Yes. Definitely one, definitely the best female fight ever. Yes, for sure. Uh, and um, I I you know what? I'm gonna probably watch it this weekend. I'll have yeah, time to watch yeah. it this weekend. Yeah, which is funny because it's 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 followed by one of the worst MMA title fights. Exactly ever. right. <laughs> I was very disappointed. You know, as a half Cuban, I wanted uh, uh, you know, I wanted Yoel Romero. Romero to pull it through, but yeah, for some reason he just like he just didn't pull the trigger. It was a little weird. I, I just feel that. He really pressed it like, you know, he was he just conserved a little too long. But the one thing about uh, that UFC was the camera panned the audience and Robert Downey Jr. was in the audience. And uh, right, when the camera, right, right. When the camera panned, he threw up some some Wing Chun moves. And when I saw it, I was so excited. because First of all, I'm a huge uh, Robert Downey Jr. fan. And second, he lit, like went there and like did a couple chain punches and it looked super cool. And then um like in the days after that, everyone kept sending me like these links, like or these clips of it, and like, right, uh, Sivu, what do you think of like the technique and stuff? And like for me, I'm it's not my my place to comment on Robert Downey Jr.'s technique. Was first of all, he's an actor; he does Wing Chun for totally different reasons. I mean, he basically did Wing Chun to get himself off of drugs and to kind of right. straighten up his life, which is one of the most. Uh, um, honorable things you can do and I mean when you look at like his reason and his journey it's absolutely amazing so you can't like it doesn't make sense to like kind of talk shit about that right um, exactly but, right but so many people kept like sending me this I'm like alright well I can make this a teachable moment because he kind of made like a very basic mistake in terms of chain punching and even my own beginner students make that same mistake. So I thought I would do like a little video and I put that up on the Kung Fu Genius channel for people to watch. But I tried to make it like as respectful as I can because I'm a huge RDJ fan and I wanted to make sure that people understood that. Um, but people liked the video and, and uh, it you know, got one dislike. I think we thought that might have been Robert Downey Jr. himself. <laughs> Had he seen the video, he might have been like, oh, dislike. Um, but anyway, also to be fair, the camera just panned him in the audience. I mean, like if you imagine if you're standing, if you're sitting in the audience at a UFC right. and you're, and you're, you're a famous Wing Chun Sifu and it goes by. And I mean, if the camera had panned on me and I threw up some hands or whatever, I guarantee you they'd be a hunt like, Oh, look at how we did the Quan Sao. That's total bullshit. Or look at this or like, yeah, I right. mean, so it's always the same thing. Right. It's just that he made a very common chain punching error. He kind of hacked, his chain punches at the end sure, rather sure, than punching right. in a straight line. And this is something that even my own beginning students make a mistake of. So I thought, you know, why not make a video about this to kind of draw attention to it? And he probably doesn't even chain punch like that normally. It's just right, he's excited, right. the camera pan, and he threw his hand. So, I mean, I, I don't think he probably even punches like that on a normal day. So uh, I just wanted, you know, um, you know, to make that clear if anyone thought I was throwing haterade towards Robert Downey Jr. Although actually the response was very positive to the video, so I think well, I that's cool. That yeah, I, I watched your Kung Fu Genius video on it. Um, your channel seems to be blowing up. That's pretty cool. People seem to like it. Yep, yep. Especially that's nowadays, cool. people have a little more time at home, so the viewership, right, of my, the viewership of my videos has been going up like by the day. I just came out with a new video about um, the the so called title of Dai Sifu, which is. Um, 
something that kind of hits a little bit more um, in the WT lineage. It's kind of something that some European Wing Chun masters had. It was basically a distinction for a Sifu that uh, they themselves had brought up. Like five of their students had become Sifus themselves. And so it's basically a Sifu who has produced other Sifus. So a successful Sifu. And like in the European Wing Chun organizations, they created a distinction called Dai Sifu, which was just for these Sifus, right? The problem is that it's, it's not really a distinction that you would go and have people call you because Thai Sifu literally means the great Sifu or a great Sifu. So you would never really want to ask people to say, well, I'm not a Sifu. I'm a great Sifu, right? Like the, the reason why well, it could Westerners, be fat Sifu also, right? That, I, I, it could, I suppose, and depending grand. on the context. Like, <laughs> grand, right? But the, the problem is that some people earn this as a distinction, including some of my most beloved Sihangs. But from a Chinese cultural perspective, which, which is kind of what I try to teach on my channel, uh, it's, it's not actually correct to call yourself Dai Sifu or to have people call you Dai Sifu. So I made, it's actually the longest video I've made of all of them. It's even longer than the Grandmaster one and the Family Terms one because it's not just about bashing people who call themselves Dai Sifu. That wasn't the thing at all. I just realized that I can use this pulpit now like to make these things like teachable moments for people who, you know, most people who practice Wing Chun are is in the Western world are non-Chinese speakers. So, and they're often being taught by someone else who's also not a Chinese speaker. So it's, it's not uncommon that some of these cultural things get kind of messed up a little bit, like what these things mean, Sifu, Sihang and stuff like that. So I thought, you know, why don't I just use this as an opportunity to basically teach non-Chinese speakers not to make these very common errors when they're appropriating Chinese titles and, you know, because we get judged very harshly by Chinese on this stuff. Like if you go to Hong Kong and you're skillful, right? Let's say you go to a Hong Kong Wing Chun school and you do chi sao with a bunch of people and you show that you're relatively skillful. Well, there's always someone in there that goes, uh, yeah, but did you see the angle of his foot? You know, oh, yeah. well, <laughs> and, and, and then it's like and especially I find that as a non-Chinese Chinese martial arts practitioner, it's like you, you get judged very harshly. It's like you almost have to be uh, you almost have to prove that, you know, so much and that you are very skillful because you start at a deficit in their eyes. So then if you go and call yourself Dai Sifu as some white guy, you look even more like an idiot to the Chinese. So part of right. what I'm trying to do with my channel is help the non-Chinese Wing Chun community not look like such idiots in front of the legit Chinese Wing Chun community. Like, stop <laughs> making these errors. Stop calling yourself Dai Sihang on Facebook or something like that. So that's kind of part of the thrust of my Kung Fu Jesus channel. And if our Dudes of Kung Fu listeners uh, have not done so yet, I'd really appreciate uh, if you guys would subscribe to the Kung Fu Genius channel and also uh, turn on that bell for notifications. That helps uh, helps push oh, the videos. stop it. Stop so, it. Uh, Turn on the bell for notifications. You have to. Hey, you YouTube, well, uh, you might not know about this. I'm breaking your balls. <laughs> YouTube has changed the algorithm to favor uh, all the big companies like NBC, ABC, all these kind of things. And what they've done is even YouTube channels that have millions of followers, but they're not like CNN or ABC or something like that. They've been like canceling followers from those people and people don't get notifications on channels that they subscribe to because YouTube is really messing with the content providers in favor of these people who are right. like the big corporations. So if even if you subscribe to a channel, that doesn't necessarily mean that 
YouTube is, YouTube is going to let you know when a new video is up. So it's like you right. have to go to YouTube, subscribe, and then you have to hit the bell for notifications. Otherwise, you could be subscribed to the Kung Fu Genius and not know when new videos come out. So that's why it sounds gratuitous, but it's like you got to subscribe. I'm, I'm only and, breaking your balls because... And hit that I, bell for notifications. I watch I watch a lot of um, react reaction videos. Yes. Okay, I don't. I I was not aware of this phenomenon. So apparently, you can watch videos of people hearing music for the first time. And okay, I love to watch people listen to Chris Stapleton, who is a country music singer. Uh-huh. I love watching people listen to Chris Stapleton's Tennessee Whiskey for the first uh-huh. time. And like, okay. and you see, like, especially people that have never listened to, they're like, oh, I got to listen to this country music song, and it's literally. The best song in the world, sung uh-huh. by the best singer in the world, and like it's got little. I think the real number is like forty million views on YouTube. Wow! His his video, and the video is not a video; it's just a side shot of his head, and wow. it's got forty million views on YouTube. So incredible! It's, so it's Chris Stapleton's Tennessee Whiskey. So I love watching reaction videos of people listening to him for the first time and seeing this face like. Oh my God, you know? So anyway, every one of the videos starts off with subscribe and hit the, the, the bell for the notification. And yeah, I, love, I yeah. crack up, you know? It's like, <laughs> yeah, all the, um, all anyway, the YouTube I, guys know. Yeah, you have yeah. to hit that bell. Yeah, and by the way, not just for me, for any of you guys out there, whatever your favorite YouTube channels are, uh, YouTube content providers are struggling because of what YouTube has done. So uh, do do all these content providers a favor because some people earn a small living off of these things. Go sure. to your YouTube, look at all the YouTube channels that you subscribe to and double check that you also uh, get notified because that will really help a lot of new content providers uh, You know, get get the word out there on what they do. Um, something I wanted to just mention, and it's something silly, but um, a couple of seconds ago you mentioned like um, people post this stuff to Facebook and other people critique it to, to, up to no end. I right. saw someone post on Facebook it was a few months ago. Um, it was the pictures, rather famous pictures, of a young Bruce Lee and Yip Man posing like Chi Sao. Yes. And they were like, if this was posted to Facebook today, and they were like, oh, his elbow's too high. And it had all these critiques. Yes, I saw Bruce that one, Lee. yeah. Yeah. And I, yeah, I actually a, wanted to save the, it. it. It was a meme of the two of them. And it right. had like, yeah, like your stance is not right. Your elbow's high. Your posture or something like that, right? But, man's you know, leaning back too much. It was just like. Yeah, but it was like, but, uh, you know, if you put some work into it, you might you might become something, right? right. Like, it's like, and, you know, it's funny. Um, I belong to... A f- more than a few um, Facebook groups and uh, martial arts Facebook groups and Lord knows how many guitar groups and I, I, I'm I kind of like hot and cold I said, I'll go to them sometimes and then I'll just stay away for a couple months but one of the things I've always found disturbing about martial arts groups is some guy will post a video of them doing something, some form or whatever. And if you look in the background of the video, this guy is literally, literally living on dirt floors, right? It's like a dirt floor 
a cinder block wall. He has nothing. Right. And people... So clearly, he he has internet access, and he's looking at stuff on YouTube, and people are shitting all over them. Right. Oh, go out and find yourself a Sifu. The motherfucker lives on dirt. Like... Leave the guy alone. Show him the respect of a human being and say, hey, listen, do you want some, you know, uh, tips on how you can get a little better? But right. don't shit on these people. Like, yes. give, me, give, give them the respect of a human being. This is all this guy has. If you see a guy posting a video on a Wing Chun group and he's using what is obviously a broomstick as his long pole, and asking for help in, am I doing the long pole right form right, guys? And, and he's obviously dirt poor, and it's like, show him the respect of a human being by trying to answer a question, or ignore it. Or ignore it. But don't shit on him for being poor. Like, yeah. don't shit on him. Like, like, and that's one of the quickest ways I... And that's one of the reasons why I leave groups so often. You know, yeah. it's like, because, like, well, people, like, will post a video. I saw a guy post a video. It was, he made his own jong, and it was clearly, like, three sticks that was, like, a broomstick he cut into three, and it was rope around some pole in a backyard. Mm-hmm. And And it was clearly, like, you know, this was this guy's whole life. Yeah. And people were shitting all over what he was doing. Unbelievable. And like, I just found it like detestable. Is that a real word? Yes. And I just like, I just, and I kind of feel like as a community, we kind of have to be better people, folks. We have mm-hmm. to be better people. We, you know, it's like, it, this, guy preso- this guy presents no threat to you as a martial artist or as a person. Mm-hmm. He's just trying to live his life as best as he can. And if he right. has some dream in his head that the martial arts are going to take him out of whatever horrible situation he's living in and and give him your life that you want one day, let, let, let him live his dream. Like, why shit yeah. all over this guy, you know? And right. it, you know, I'm sorry for being a little bit of a downer, I guess. I literally just saw it the other day, and it was on my mind. And I said, I'm going to mention that on the podcast because that fucking pissed me off. This, this this guy, it was like Alex in the table. He had a table in the corner because it was obviously his bedroom. Was, there, was a, there was a rack. It was like a right. cot. And there was a table in the corner, and the table had three legs, and it looked like two milk cartons holding the table up. And, like, they were shitting on him about his, like, his elbow was in the wrong spot and all this other crap, and it was just fucking ridiculous, and... Yeah, I yeah. Just, people you know. are. It, it, yeah, it's unfortunate. Sometimes you see a lot of those things like um, online where people just feel because of the platform, it's so easy for people to just write what they want. And sometimes people just do these things in a very careless way. And I think it's also kind of strange because sometimes like I'll, I'll post content, um, you know, and then it's not that someone says we really don't have people going like, oh, this is wrong or this is wrong. But like people always try to make things about themselves i remember like posted uh 
comment about or I posted something about I don't know whatever on my page and then somebody's like oh in our school we do it like that or like my Sifu says and it's ultimately completely irrelevant to what I had posted right like, right right people people you know like remember when you were a kid and like a teacher would ask, like, does anyone have any questions? And then there was always that one person who raised their hand not to ask a question, but to, like, tell something about themselves, you know? And, <laughs> right, exactly. And, right. and, and, and it's kind of like, um, uh, it, like, so I don't know how to respond. It's like, because the problem is people have a really hard time stripping away their biases when they look at something. So you see a poor kid using a broomstick as a long pole in, in a third world country. <laughs> And right. the immediate thing is, well, uh, the way I learned long pole is this way. Like, it's like, dude, look at the video for what it is. Right. Look exactly at right. the contents of what you're seeing and realize that your worldview about the long pole has absolutely no relevancy in the thing you're looking at right now. Right. And why don't you just look at it and maybe say nothing, exercise not commenting or say something like, hey, really good work, you know, uh, uh, keep going or something like that. Instead of like, you got to go on your high horse because your Sifu said long pole is this. Hey, I got news for you guys. You want to brag about long pole? I've seen Grandmaster Yip Man's long pole form on the Tang Sang video. All of y'all MFers are doing it wrong. Anyway, so, <laughs> so for example, all right. So anyway, uh, <laughs> that's all I got to say about that. But anyway, it, it, it's this kind of idea. Like people, like they immediately say, "Oh no, this is like this. This is like this." Like that's not why this person posted it. This person is probably proud of what they've been able to do, exactly even though they, right. they don't know. And maybe they want people to come and help them, but not push them down like this. This is absolute garbage. By the way, we had uh, two questions on our Instagram, and I think rather than making these things like deep topics, we can do it a little bit more. Uh, maybe like a, a lightning round because I actually have. I love lightning rounds. Something I would like <laughs> to talk about uh, a little bit at the end, uh, given uh, everyone's special situation where we're kind of at home now and we got to spend a little sure. more time, uh, perhaps training from home and stuff like that. So I got uh, something um, that I want to talk about based on a video I watched from John Donaher, who's one of Henzo Gracie's guys uh, here in NYC. We want to talk about that. But uh, I didn't want to ignore these two questions because I threw this on Instagram. And, and uh, uh, before I have, we probably have more questions on there now, but I, I threw it up just like a few minutes minutes before we went live so the only these two got in before we uh recorded the episode uh first one's from our good friend uh vincent benitez jkd instructor uh asked uh, a question to the effect of if yip man were still alive today would he still be like the big teacher revered as he is right now so i'll let you give your answer on that well first of all if yip man was still alive today he'd say get me out of this fucking box Anyway. <laughs> Why did I know you were going to say something like that? Get me out of this box, right? Such a typical answer. Typical Sean thing. Um, you know, I, I, I obviously I don't know, but I, I, I think, oh God, this is going to piss off people. I think Yip Man was a, probably a brilliant, was a brilliant, obviously a brilliant martial artist, but he really wasn't very famous until he got a famous student. And I, I right. think a lot of us know who Yip Man is because of Bruce Lee. You know, there's, I'm sure there's a large, not a large number, but there's a good number of brilliant martial artists 
in Hong Kong in Yip Man's day that none of us know because they don't have a famous te- they don't have a famous student, you know. Yeah. And I and that doesn't take anything away from Yip Man. You know what I mean? It's like it's not like he had like the internet to advertise himself on. He was yeah. you know he, he was one guy teaching on a street full of guys. He you know he he got a he got a, one or two famous students who by the way. A lot of the students are famous because of Bruce Lee as well. You know, sure. it, there, there's guys that made their fucking careers by, you know, saying I was Bruce Lee's classmate. So, right. you know, but um, do I think he deserved to be famous? Yeah, I do. I think he was a brilliant martial artist. But again, I don't know. I've ne- I haven't even seen the, the, the videos. I'm only going by, you know, stories, you know. Right. But um, I, I do think he's famous because of Bruce Lee. Yeah, for sure. I mean, I think uh, the funny thing is there's some other Wing Chun styles in Hong Kong not related to Yip Man that are always very salty. Like, oh, if Bruce Lee didn't have Yip Man, if Yip Man didn't have Bruce Lee, he wouldn't have been famous. It's like, okay, if he didn't have a student who was totally awesome and went out and became famous because of his skills. It's like nobody was stopping you from training someone who is really so skillful that the world took notice. Right. So I always feel that that's a little bit of jealousy, a little bit of haterade. Sure. Maybe Grandmaster Yip Man was lucky that he got Bruce Lee as a student, but it is what it is. You can't do anything about it, right? And I always feel that these guys get kind of salty about it in hindsight. Uh, at the time of uh, Grandmaster Yip Man's death, he was relatively well-known in the Chinese martial arts circles in Hong Kong, but not necessarily super well-known outside of Hong Kong, right? Uh, at Yip Man's funeral, you had uh, Han from Enter the Dragon. Uh, Sek Kin was at Yip Man's funeral, and so were basically all the tops of the uh, martial arts uh, uh, society in Hong Kong at the time. You had uh, Chan Sao Chung, who recently passed away, uh, who was the grandmaster of Tai Seng Pekwar. You had all like the famous grandmasters, Tom Hon, all these guys were at Yip Man's funeral. So he was very well known in the martial arts circle in Hong Kong. But outside, yeah, that that um, that uh, his his name recognition really came because of Bruce Lee and if we're honest the entire reason why they made the Yip Man movies or I shouldn't say the entire reason uh, because Wong Kar Wai did want to make a movie about Yip Man specifically but part of the reason why they decided to make movies about Yip Man is because the Lee estate controls all the um, the rights for Bruce Lee so how do you make a story that's connected to Bruce Lee without going through the Lee estate you make it about his teacher so um, that was so part of the reason why the Yip Man movies even became popular partially because of Bruce Lee and partially because they can't really make movies about Bruce Lee without the Lee estate's blessing so this was kind of their way around it and so uh, it again kind of bounces back to Bruce Lee right so um, if Yip Man were still alive today um, I don't I don't know if he would be quite as famous. First of all, he'd be super, super old. <laughs> but uh, I, I but but here's the thing. And maybe it sounds <laughs> kind of harsh, but I think I mean, first of all, Grandmaster Yip Man died at a relatively advanced age of, of throat cancer. So it's not like he died prematurely like Bruce Lee did. But sometimes someone's death has a lot to do with their legacy. I mean, think about it. Uh, this is maybe a weird example. But imagine if Van Damme had passed away after Cyborg. All right. So he did like Bloodsport, Kickboxer, Cyborg, all these amazing movies when he was still young and really good looking and super fit. Imagine something had happened to him. Like you can picked you a imagine? fight with Mike Tyson? Yeah. Can you imagine? But can you imagine how much more elevated his status would be? And every martial artist that would come out would be like, yeah, is he as good as Van Damme? 
You know what I mean? Because Van Damme right. died, let's say, in this scenario, would, would have died early. And people would only remember him at his peak. Good-looking, well-trained, and they wouldn't see him as he started to make some films that were not that great as he as he descended into drug abuse as you know and he has kind of his career has kind of come back he's kind of bounced back but like there were a bunch of hard years there but imagine if you never saw that imagine if elvis had died before he started to decline rather than him dying in imagine elvis died in like 1969 he would be even bigger arguably than he is now because you would not have seen him drunk on stage acting weird shooting holes in cars like he wouldn't have gone through that right so sometimes people die just at the right time and sometimes they die a little bit too late and i think in grandmaster yipman's case it it is what it is it 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 it, it worked out for him so to speak sure sure i mean his kids never had to get a job right so right yeah <laughs> Well, I, actually, that's not entirely true. Yip Ching, who also just recently passed away, um, he actually didn't really teach martial arts after his father passed away. He uh, he went into business. I think he had a factory or he had his own company. He didn't actually oh, yeah, start. I didn't know that. Yeah, he didn't um, decide to teach Wing Chun, I think, until even the early 90s. That's when he kind of came out as a Wing Chun instructor, whereas uh, his, his brother... Uh, his older brother Yip Chun started to teach um, more in the '70s. So, yeah, it's interesting, like um, how how that kind of uh, how that kind of unfolded. We, there was another question, um, and uh, by a good uh, a good follower of the podcast, his name is Mark. I don't know his was his last name though. I'm not sure about his last name. Mark, you know, Mark. He's Mark. a longtime Did follower you? of the pod. Yeah, that's yeah, right. That's yeah. right. <laughs> and uh, he uh, uh, asked about the theory behind the knife form and so uh well we actually did a podcast way back i guess it was in our first season or maybe second season we did an entire episode on the knife form but you know what's funny uh a lot of listeners to the podcast they 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 ask us a lot about the forms i'm thinking maybe we should probably revisit doing an episode on Sunum tao and chum q and stuff like that because i, I really think because those 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 episodes were very popular Yes. And I, I really think, I, you know, and people don't go back and listen to the old stuff. And, and maybe we would have a little bit of a fresh perspective, you know, and yes, like Mark, for sure. Mark to John Williams just brought up. It's he has a question about the, you know, saying about the, the knife form. I think I think we really should plan that out again. Yes. You know, each 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 form. That was a that was a good thing. Yeah. Yeah, we absolutely. I mean, the, the, the theory behind the knife form is a, is a bit complex. Uh, of course, the Wing Chun knife uh form has eight sets uh most of the most of the sub styles under the yip man lineage usually each set is for handling a different type of weapon or for fighting against some other different type of situation so i, I suppose there's an overall theory of um slash the guy immediately before he's got a chance to do anything and there's an overarching um focus on the footwork because as the the chinese say if your opponent has one sword in his hand beware of his second hand if your opponent has two swords in his hands beware of the footwork so obviously with two short knives uh if if we're if we're fighting with two short bachamdo and our opponent has a long pole or a spear well we're not going to stand there and block that thing with our knives we have a massive disadvantage range wise it's all about using the footwork to close the gap so you can cut that person in one action but do it in a way where you don't get sliced up on the way in so footwork is a huge part of um the the bachamdo training at least is 
as far as most uh, Yip Man schools kind of teach it. But, yeah, we could probably go back and do a whole knife form episode again and revisit it because, yeah, I think a lot of people don't go back to our, like, first seasons and stuff. And also, it's been a while since we did it. I mean, I think it would probably be a good idea to not re-listen to those uh, episodes. Oh, right, yeah, and absolutely just, not. And just, do, and just do it fresh, and we might find that we have a, an evolved opinion about certain things since it's been a few years since we did it, like maybe about three years, I think. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So you know what? We'll, we'll plan that out. We'll pick. We'll 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 plan that out, and we'll do an episode. We'll do a uh, a, a form per night, and we'll. Uh, right. That that's a great idea. Um, Absolutely. Uh, one thing I want to mention for our Patreon supporters. Um, first, thank you again because you guys really make it that Alex and I can do this. We really am very grateful. But we want to do more for you. So now I will, I've started the uh, the JKB Blueprint podcast. So the J, what, what the JKB Blueprint podcast is, it's a short podcast that I'm doing where I'm going to explain JKD on, our, on the highest level I can do it on, 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 in this medium. You know, explaining things without being there physically touching it. I put up the first episode for the pod, for the uh, Patreon supporters, and I've planned out everything going forward. And um, well, I've planned out the next four or five episodes going forward. I'm also going to start doing some interviews with JKD people that are not famous but have something important to say. And I kind of kind of feel like it's. Um, uh, like a blue collar teaches, you know, Alex. I would, I I, I want to start like, I kind of feel like guys just because a guy trains in his basement and teaches three or four people in his garage doesn't mean he doesn't have something unique to teach. Right. And and I, and I know some guys like that where they don't they don't have, you know, huge schools. But I'm interested in how they teach certain aspects of JKD, you know, and you know, and I, and I think it's important for people that want to learn different angles of the same system to hear other voices and other lineages and things to that effect. So, uh, that's going to be all part of, it's going to be just Patreon only. And, and, um, and I'm hoping people will, will, uh, be interested in it. But I can tell you right now, the first episode of the JKD blueprint is up and the Patreon people can, uh, listen to it. And there'll be another one up probably this weekend. So, uh, yeah, I know Alex, do you, some content. Yeah. Alex is going to post some content as well to the, to the Patreon site as well. It's uh, we, we really, we want to start thanking you guys. And we really feel like that's, that's the people that have really shown us a huge amount of loyalty and, and, and we're grateful, you know, we're grateful. And, you know, like, I, I both, listen, you guys know Alex and I now for a long time. We both feel weird talking about Patreon stuff, like, because it's not who we are as people. You know, like, oh, you know, I don't want to talk about it. I feel weird talking about it. But you know what? The five dollars a month, that's like a half a cup of coffee at Starbucks. And I really right. feel like, half a I cup. really feel, <laughs> you know, at least here in New York, that's a half a cup of coffee at Starbucks. And I really feel like we're putting up good content. We're going to be putting up excellent content 
and and I really feel like it's going to be worth your while. I I wouldn't say that if I didn't think it was the truth, you know. Absolutely, absolutely. Okay, enough cool. of that. Go ahead, buddy. Uh, yeah, so uh, yeah, two things before we get out of here. One, I wanted to talk about the John Donaher stuff. And the other thing, I wanted to teach you some new Cantonese. Okay, and I got one more thing. Real quick, I promise, I promise. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So you just said a great saying there that I had never heard before. Yeah. About the, um, the, the when, if he has one knife and the hand and the, the footwork. And I had right. never heard that maxim before. Yes. And I, and I think that's awesome. And I really do think that we have to work on that as well. Because I find that, see, I, I, I want to, I would love to take a, a, take a show and say, oh, I just want to have this maxim. Maybe I never even heard of it before, and right. discuss it. And listen, I don't care if I get it wrong every time. You know, what I mean, like, oh, I don't. You know I me. Mean? I don't have an ego. I don't give a shit. Like, I never heard that. And now I'm gonna, I'm gonna, when we hang up, I'm gonna ask you to repeat it for me because I want to think about that. Because when you said it, like alarms went off in my head. Like. Well, wow, you never heard that, and that sounds important, you know. And I, I like to learn, so I really think we could. I think all of us could learn through this. Like, you know, I give my perspective, and you give your perspective. Sure. And and I think I really think I think people would get a lot out of that. I know I would. I if I was listening to the podcast, I mean, I I would love to hear a discussion on maxims, especially ones like that I never heard of before. Right. Yeah, sure. That sounds great. I'd be more more than happy to do that. Um, awesome. Awesome. Um, yeah. Uh, I want to talk because, you know, obviously we're in a time now where people have to kind of stay home and they have to train on their own. And uh, there's a really fantastic video uh, that I recommend all of our uh, listeners to um, watch on um, on YouTube. And it's a video by John Donaher. Uh, John Donaher is essentially the chief instructor at Henzo Gracie's Academy here in New York City. And uh, it's called like, you know, how to train um, or how to do solo training for BJJ or something like that. Now, um, for those of you Wing Chun Jeet Kune Do people who listen to our podcast, uh, don't let the fact that it's about BJJ throw you off. Um, it's probably one of the most insightful videos and everything he says there could easily be applicable to JKD and Wing Chun people who are, uh, you know, forced and stuck to with uh, training at home. So uh, basically, long story short, because if you watch the video, um, John Donaher will do a much better job of explaining it than I ever could here in a quick recap. But um, John Donaher talked about, you know, if, if we, have, we have to train at home now, we have to stay home. Uh, so this is very similar to if, let's say, you were injured or you weren't able to make it to the school. So all the tips that he gives, they're also applicable if you're in a point in your life where you, you can't go into training for whatever reason, family stuff, this, that, an injury, whatever. So there are basically three things we can do to make sure that we maintain our skills when we are not in the school. And perhaps if you really follow these, um, you may even be better when you come back from this layoff from training. Obviously, we don't really have our training partners. We can't really do sparring, that kind of stuff. But there are three things that everyone can do right now to kind of keep up your skills. The first one is to continue doing some kind of solo training that is uh, specific to your martial art. So, um, you know, for Wing Chun or JKD people, you know, footwork and movement and combinations and forms and all that kind of stuff. And in addition to doing that solo training, also think about improving your general movement within your martial art. So, uh, you know, if there's a way you can uh, train the power of your punches or the power of your kicks 
or you know anything you can do to push your solo abilities and your coordination, then you're not going to be losing it. Uh, the second thing that we can do is make sure that we have a general physical fitness program or sometimes known as GPP or general fitness preparation, right? So, um, or general physical preparation, sorry. And this is something we can do to make sure that our bodies really stay in tip-top shape. So, you know, as simple as every day doing squats and push-ups and sit-ups and pull-ups or any kind of exercise you can do um, to, to keep your body tip-top so that you don't lose that edge. And the third and perhaps one of the most important things we can all do is acquire knowledge. So when we're not in a place where we can go into training, we can do our solo training, we can keep our physical fitness up, and we can learn new things. So you can read books, those martial art books that have been on your shelf that you haven't had a chance to read. Well, now's as good of a time as any to start reading them. Going on YouTube and read and watching tutorials and learning new things about movement within your own martial art, within other martial arts. So these three things I think are very, these are very powerful tools and um, John Donaher talked about he also used this with GSP when GSP had his two knee injuries. And also um, uh, Gordon Ryan, who's a top Brazilian jiu-jitsu guy, he had a horrific knee injury uh, and coming right off the, the, uh, his um, therapy for getting his knee back in place, he had to go and, and compete in ADCC and had one of the best performances of his lifetime. And one of the things that John Donaher did was, and he says it in the videos, he made Gordon Ryan sit next to him and watch the class. And he would say, okay, well, two people were rolling and doing jujitsu. He'd say, okay, tell me what's going to happen in the next three seconds. Because usually people lose skill when their mind is out of it. And you probably know that, Sean, if you take, if you take two weeks off and you don't think about martial arts at all, uh, and then you come back, you're like way worse off when you come back than if you had just thought about it over time. You, you think you kind of have scenarios in your head, even if you can't physically practice, but you kind of keep the wheels turning in your head. That's one of the most important things to do is to keep the martial art kind of present in um, in your mind. And so follow this three step process of, you know, doing solo training and increasing your skill specific martial arts specific skill set to make sure that you have a good um, physical fitness uh, program where you're staying in shape and perhaps getting it even better shape than you were before. And three, acquiring knowledge. But do me a favor, go on YouTube, watch the John Donaher video. He does it um, way better than I could do it right now. Really fantastic, really powerful. So one more thing, you, we need to teach you some Cantonese. Oh, fightila. <laughs> fightila, very good. For the, fightila means hurry up. All right, that's a very, very good one. Um, glad you remember that, by the way. And and I got so many oh, comments from... I use it. I used to use it to break the IT guy shop balls at my job. Oh, that's all right. The you time. told me about that. <laughs> that's a really good one to have on tap for Cantonese. Uh, hey, fightila, hurry up, hurry up. Uh, and uh, last uh, on the last podcast, I taught you bao sec, which is uh, explode rocks, which means diarrhea. And I can't tell you how many like of my Cantonese speaking followers uh, went on like Twitter and they were like, oh, they were just laughing so hard because that is such kind of a Cantonese Hong Kong slang to to say explode rocks for diarrhea, right? So um, actually, I wanted to just go over uh, uh, another one with you because this actually came up when I did my video about Thai Sifu, so which the great Sifu, the big Sifu or whatever, right? So as you know, Thai, Thai means big, all right? And it's like a double A sound, very low tone, Thai, right? So you go Thai, Thai means big, okay? Thai. And then... Yeah, and then Sifu is like high tone. 
C. So it's like C. high and short. Yeah, C and then fu, like rising. Fu. Yeah, so it's like dai si fu. Dai si fu. Hey, not bad, not bad. Dai si fu, right? Which is the great Sifu. But of course, if you're just saying Sifu, it's Sifu. So you always have to say it with the correct tone, right? So C, it's like high and then rising. Sifu. Sifu. Uh, close. Uh, you kind of fell a little bit on food. Sifu. Fu. Sifu. Very good, very good. But there's another word that sounds similar, which is C with a rising tone. C. C fut. C fut. Yeah, C fut. Like F A T F U T C fut. And C fut means ass. So if you say <laughs> thy C fut, it's like big ass, right? So the joke the joke was always uh, because Sifu Leung Ting once made a joke about people who call themselves Dai Sifu. He says they should just call themselves Dai Sifut, which means big ass. So I actually made a reference to that in the video. So Dai Sifut means big ass. That was going to be my new Chinese name, by the way. Dai. <laughs> Dai. Yes. Dai Sifut. Yeah, and, and I'll always remember uh, my good friend, Dr. Mark Cheng, who we had on the podcast about way back in the first season. Uh, also, uh, he's an editor for Black Belt Magazine and a, a student of Dan and Asanto. He told me something really funny that there was a um, there was a Sifu out in the Los Angeles area. And maybe his name was Thomas or whatever. He had the initial T. And so on the back of his shirt, it said Sifu and then space and then the letter T because it's like short for, I don't right. know, Thomas or Taylor or whatever his name right, was. Right, right. But when you read it straight, it reads Sifut, which means ass in Cantonese, right? right? right. <laughs> so Sifu T, Sifut, right? Sifut means ass, right? So anyway, I thought that was kind of funny. I thought that would be a, a fun one to do today. Absolutely. Very cool. Yep. All right, cool. folks. Listen, we'll see you on the Patreon page. Uh, this will get posted. This episode will get posted soon. Um, people that are on Patreon will get it three days before everybody else. But more importantly, the people on Patreon will be getting more content. Remember that. And listen, give it a shot. You try it. If you don't like it, you can always un unsubscribe from it. But um, Alex and I could really use your support on the Patreon. We really appreciate it. Awesome. All right, guys. Bye, see guys. you next week. Take care. Bye-bye. Thank you for listening to our latest episode. Please help us get the word out there by sharing this and other episodes on your favorite social media platforms. If you're enjoying the Dudes of Kung Fu podcast, there are many ways in which you can support it. Go to dudesofkungfu.com support to find out how you can help your favorite Kung Fu podcast. We are currently using Patreon to automate great benefits to those who support the podcast. As a supporter of the Dudes, you'll get early access to episodes as well as a number of other benefits based on your donation level. This includes in-depth topic lectures and even monthly live video conferences with the dudes. Again, go to dudesofkungfu.com support to find out more about that. As always, you can help support us in small ways as well. Give us a like at the Dudes of Kung Fu Facebook page and share links to episodes. If Twitter is your preferred social media outlet, you can follow the Dudes of Kung Fu there as well. Both Big Sean Madigan and yours truly are on Twitter too. Dudes of Kung Fu is now also on Instagram, so tag it along with the hashtag Dudes of Kung Fu whenever you post something related to the podcast. A great way to support the dudes is to rate and review it on either the iTunes or Android app stores. 
The written reviews are immensely more helpful than just giving us a five-star rating. If you have any suggestions for topics or guests, please write us at the Dudes of Kung Fu Facebook page. Please understand that neither Sean nor I can guarantee a response, but we will consider any serious suggestions. And finally, I ask that you help spread an open dialogue with other practitioners of martial arts. Chinese Kung Fu in particular has long since suffered from caustic political discourse, which can only change with you. Remember, the person you wholeheartedly disagree with doesn't love martial arts any less than you do. Take care, and thank you for supporting the Dudes of Kung Fu!